Hi guys, thanks for listening in to the Puckish Podcast, where four average guys go on a journey of self-discovery through conversation. This is the second part of our discussion about racial stereotypes in Singapore. We explored how the media and content creators can take more responsibility in representing different races and delve deeper into the army experience and how it taught us more about other races. Hope you enjoy the discussion. I had some interesting experiences in BMT, also to do with race because um, being like the only non or the only other non-Chinese person BMT, some guys were like, oh, you know, like, I, don't, I normally don't like Indians, but you're different. That's, that's, that's one comment I got. And I got, oh, you know, you're my first non-Chinese friend. And I was, I was shocked. Like, I was shocked to think that this is, that, that there were people like that. But then like, when, I, when I got to know these guys and you realize that through no fault of their own, they just happen to grow up, you know, going to school and their friends and going to poly and everything like that. They just never got around to mixing with people from a different race, which is surprising, la, it's still, but it's still something that happens in Singapore. So as much as we say we're multicultural and all these things, there are still lots of people who, at, at least during the time when I was in NS, that never had a friend that from a different race. But that being said, we all got along. If anything, I hope that their experience with me made them kind of be more open to having friends of other races. Not that I represent an entire race, but if if I literally their first experience with someone from another race is in BMT, then I can see why it's such a beneficial part of growing up for Singaporean men because you get to hang out, you get to mix around with people that you never ever would have mixed around with before. What what was your initial reaction when they asked you that question? Thinking back, right, I just didn't want to offend. I didn't want yeah. to like come across as as like hard to get along with because I wanted to be liked I, and I knew that I was maybe at a disadvantage because I was different because I was the only non-Chinese person there and and a lot of experiences in my life like I've I, I, especially growing up you realise that yeah you know you're, in certain situations you're the only non, you're, only, you're the only non-Chinese person and yeah. you know when, they, when if people start speaking Mandarin around you then they have to like then they realise that you're there then they have to like change the way they behave because you know to like cater to you and, it, and, and, you, and you kind of feel like you don't want to be a burden you don't want to be like like, please don't change the way you behave because of me. Like, I want to be part of everyone. I just want to be a part of all you guys. So, the same way, like, when they said stuff like that to me, I just laughed it off. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think that whole... This is something I read, like, recently. Like, that whole, like, not making a big deal of things in Singapore when it comes to race and these kinds of matters is quite... Um, I think it can be quite a toxic thing in um, society as well I, I think it can can sweep under the the rug a lot of um, things that should be said and heard a lot of the times and yeah especially with what's happening in the world right now this whole like um, repression of stereotypes like saying something and then saying oh that wasn't my intention that was I didn't I just tried to make a joke I mean, these things we could, we, a lot of people usually do and just dismiss it that, oh, that was not what I meant. So it's something I, I'm forgiven for saying that. Like even in, um, I remember clearly like walking past a group of students and they were saying the N-word um, just like, like that because it's like people see it so much in pop culture and everything and, and they still say it. 
but then if someone I'm sure if someone approaches them they say oh I just just saying it it doesn't mean anything and people usually just sweep it under the carpet mm. um, so I think this kind of perception of how we should deal with these racial stereotypes and everything is quite is something that should be heard and highlighted more um, within within all these like groups in in Singapore especially and it's it's just interesting to me that because I've definitely never really felt it to the extent that other people might or like a minority race might um, and yeah I'm just good i guess i don't know if it's good to hear that people are talking more about it now especially in this even this conversation about army and everything where everyone has gone through national service and i'm sure everyone has experienced something like that so i guess it's a good it's good to share and like talk about it and highlight it more like these days especially in times like this yeah they talk they talk about national service as the the great unifier, right? The the, yeah, the, the thing that equalizer. brings all races. Yeah, equalizer, sorry. That brings everyone together. But I mean, if you look at it, right? Like, Amiru, you went to, to police and majority of the people who went to police, who what, what race were they? Well, I was supposed, I'm supposed to answer as Malay, but <laughs> let me ask you guys, right? <laughs> okay, um, we have a squad of um, 39 people in my, in my unit and guess how yeah. many Malays were there? Nine. Because I told you already, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> so there yes. weren't actually many Malays like, in your squad. squad. No, there's only nine. And for us, right, it's even worse because right, they divide us based on our education system. Mm. So oh. um, there is around 10 units per intake. Around 10 units, 10 units per intake for the prep squad. For How me. big is one unit? 30 plus. Uh, 39 to 44, if I'm not wrong. Okay. Yeah. So the first five units, right, they broke it out into... Uh, secondary secondary education um, mm. and then when you are into your tertiary ed- education right, you're broken into whether you took A-levels diploma NITEC higher NITEC and, and things like that so they really cluster you based on your education so well it kind of like gravitated that the the, the IT badge I had more Malays yeah right. and then the diploma badge only had 9 Malays so I'm like what is why is it divided into like that already so it, yeah, it's such even a though it's not like way to divide things <laughs> yeah uh, so we we did question that to the um to the what was it, I forgot what is it called the superintendent commanding yeah superintendent that's the word <laughs> superintendent and then like oh he said oh no because right oh um for your O level squad right uh, when you pass out you cannot become a corporal straight so this is why we divided you so you have special attention to get your corporal kind of thing because the and the pre qualifier to become a corporal is to pass IPPT and to have a diploma or A level equivalent at least. Mm. Hmm. So that was a divide that was already casted back then. That was way beyond our control. It uh, was a it was yeah. quite a systemic thing, la. Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. we couldn't do anything about it. So that was quite weird, I would say, in terms of that. Did you face any like, um, you know, weird questions, any uh incidents where, where you were like, Wow, mm-hmm. this is a bit I think racist. For, 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 so this is the thing, right? So I think our conversations for starting conversations or like water cooler talks are a bit different. So we will mostly talk about O-level results or the diploma, right? And I will say I'm from SCOM and I pass math. They ask, they like to ask math questions, surprisingly. And when I tell them my grades, right? They say, like, hey, how come you can do math? I thought Malays all cannot count one. The Chinese people ask you lah. Yeah, yeah. So that was was was, was it like a, a <laughs> shock funny, to you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I think because of my choice of secondary school, so it's predominantly, predominantly Chinese and 
I would say there, I didn't realize there was a divide between who can do math and who couldn't do math because mm. like we were all like on an equal standing for for that capability. Mm. So I really, I really didn't see after only after, like you know, jokes and, and and the meme when the meme format became popular. That's when I realized that oh, really, I can't do math. Ah. <laughs> so it, it has to be reinforced by the media kind of kind of thing to mm. to say that oh, this 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 meme or this joke exists and. Somehow it didn't apply to me. Now it kind of applies to me. So I have to like, whenever whenever I start a conversation, I have to debunk that. Oh no, I can do math. I can I can do calculations for you. You want me to divide the um, uh, for the bill? I can do it. But because of this kind of belief that other people already have for me, so I need to spend a bit more time to educate people that oh, it's, I yeah, trust. It's interesting. Your first life. reaction was to not it. Not your first reaction was not anger. Your first reaction was. I can do this. I can integrate. Like to me, that that's very interesting, lah. I think it's a very Singaporean thing, right? Like you must yeah. integrate into our, <laughs> our <laughs> diverse um, yes. society. Our HDBs are uh, spread out into proportionate racial um, proportions. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar to Vince's uh, reaction. It's like there was no anger. It was just like no, I want to fit in. Like I can yeah. do because, this. I can do yeah, this. Yeah, I I don't think if we were if I were to get angry, right, then I think, I honestly think we may not have been friends with. I I wouldn't I wouldn't have got along with the people because it's just like causing, uh, more in my mind it was like oh there's more reasons now that they don't want to talk they won't want to talk to me I just want I don't want to cause, trouble and you know I mean if you think about it, I I do wish I I, I said more, but then when you put yourself in that position in that in that particular situation. Where you know you you out you weigh the should I say something or should I I mean or should I just let it be? Plus also yeah because of my secondary school my poly and stuff like that and the things I was used to hearing, uh that it just didn't seem like you just get used to it. You just like you know if if let's say we go out for drinks oh you can you're Indian or definitely can drink one definitely can you can you can definitely drink a lot. <laughs> then I'm just like yeah haha. Uh-huh. You know, and it it's and especially when I went out with my army friends, uh, that's what they used to say a lot. But it's just a, uh, it's just like taken as it is because it's something that is it's you're so used to. Uh, now I hardly hear stuff like that. Like yeah, rarely. Even with my friend army friends, we don't really talk about it. Like it's the the topic of race or differences in terms of skin color and cultural backgrounds and all. Are very, it's not very commonly discussed. I think it's just like put aside because it's something that was in the past. So I think that. Definitely, we've come, we've progressed a lot, lah. But I, I feel like, oh hello, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um that that during this during that time, especially during NS and stuff like that, right? Well, a lot of things we just took it and just had to like get on with it. Like one one thing that I've always been like, I started thinking about more that once this whole like the the Black Lives Movement in the US is happening, what what I've been thinking about more is. Like this, this kind of like question or like phrase that people have been throwing around, like, um, if you are like not speaking up about what's happening now or like not speaking out about racism makes you a racist. Like I've seen that floating around, and I don't know. I just wanted to know what you guys thought about it, because in because in Singapore is like such a thing to not speak up about it. To integrate, to um, just sweep it under the carpet and just accept it as it is, as a status quo. But then you see like all these movements happening where 
people are saying you should speak up. If you don't speak up, that means you are part of the problem, which I can see um, the rationale behind it. But I just wanted to put it out there and see what you guys thought about it. I, I think for me, um, talking about black lives is so distant from my life here in Singapore. Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use my social media to, to speak up about it because uh, I have the belief that I don't know enough about the, the black experience in, in America. But what I can do is talk about racism here in Singapore and tie it back to how Singapore... So, uh, maybe not draw uh, I can draw parallels between how the blacks feel and how certain minorities feel in Singapore you know we, we have the we have the problem like uh, with with our migrant workers for example I mean and, 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 and of course with our minority races in Singapore and all these like different uh, you, you can sort of see how these things how systemic racism uh, uh across the board across all a lot of countries are uh, uh, have formed and um, you know the power struggle between uh, the dominant race and, and the minority races in, in in Singapore and in in the US so so I feel that I shouldn't talk about it in in the, in the sense that oh I, I shouldn't say black lives matter because I don't know enough about it but I can draw similarities with back home in Singapore and talk about it Mm. Yeah, so the, the, the whole argument of uh, you cannot say you are not racist unless you are anti-racist and to be anti-racist you need to speak out when something racist is happening around you and you know something racist happening around you so you by keeping quiet and not doing anything you are also to blame because you are not actively doing something to prevent or to educate the person that is saying these things then I understand the argument but when you when it comes down to daily situations, right, it's it is it is going to cause a lot of, it's it's inevitable that it will, it will cause tension and it will cause um, disagreements with with people. Uh. So it's a it's a tough topic, and I think it's really um, of course in an ideal world everyone gets treated equally and fair, but that's not the case. And to to say okay, like if you if you take it upon. A, ma- a person from the majority race to 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 raise these questions and to confront a, a person being racist um it takes a lot ideally you would as a as a person from as if a, if a, if I'm a minority and I'm receiving abuse from someone it would feel good if someone else stood up for me at the same time right if someone else said hey like you know what what you're saying is wrong if in if I didn't need to just defend myself if there was someone else on my side also just to just to feel like I'm not in it by myself, so I can I can see that, but I I I still think that we are a very very long way from that happening, that that being in practice, and then, and then you have to you have to draw the there has to be a line right, or maybe there's no line because there'll be there'll be small things that are said that are like that's like micro like they call it microaggressions or or things that are racist or assumptions that people make based on the race. So how small do you want to go how how at what level do you say like okay this is fine but this is not and then this is not fine but that being said i think like in the group of friends that i have and the group of friends that we have stuff like that isn't necessarily talked about quite a lot anymore like you, you don't really have these microaggressions as much but here and there there might be something that might be something said but it's more like uh whatever you know it's just it's a it's a it's more like an innocent comment do i want to stop and say like oh you know that thing you said about me being able to drink a lot like what do you know that that's racist, right? Like, 
just because I'm I'm Indian doesn't mean I can drink a lot or like it's, it, I, I don't really know where I stand on that because I, I, I feel like I would like to be supported on it but at the same time I can understand why it's tough for people to do it mm. on a day-to-day basis. I do agree basis. with you, Vin. Because like, <clears throat> I think for me, I am not an activist so I don't proactively scout for for issues to, 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 to put a voice into. But I mean, for, for me at least, I'm, I want to believe at the very core of all people, we're all good people and... Okay, it's a bit... <sighs> How do I how do I put this? Rainbows uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very what's what's the what's the word for it? I can't even think. For, oh sh- um, there's a idealistic. It's very idealistic, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. but I, I I don't know. For me, it, it feels nice that people are, uh, like what you said, showing their voice in support and so solidarity in terms of like speaking up, and it feels nice to know that someone is on your side and on your corner. So um, for me, I, I won't actively post on social media because that's not what I'll do. Maybe like you know like the the role of Martin Martin Luther King, and I think mm. uh the the lady was called Rosa Parks. Mm. That yeah, there's always like a someone who who brings all the noise and like brings all the attention to it. But if you need support, I'll, I'll just submit my email if that supports you or like donate money. So it doesn't have to. I don't even have to have like that, because everybody thinks that they need to have a say say per se, to show that you want the world to change. But I think there's other other ways to show your support for a cause. Yeah. And I mean, I agree because, be... yeah, our our spheres of influence aren't that big, like to be honest. And I look around me, right, and m- most people share the same kind of views I have. Like everyone knows, Black lives do matter, and in some form or another, they have read and educated themselves about it, and they know that racism is bad. So I I don't feel like a need to to post it on my social media and say like I I support you. I I. I can support in other ways, you know. I can donate to a cause. I can, we can all do that, but we don't feel the need to, because we our our sphere of influence is just too small. Like, um, having conversations like this even help actually, understanding yeah. each other and understanding struggles of of minorities. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I think that's a very um. I guess we all kind of see it the same way. Um. Like, but I don't know. Is is that means is activism needed more now? Since we are all quite, I I guess we were. All, I would say we are all quite passive in this whole like situation, and I I don't want to turn this into a debate whether activism is important or things or this and that because we don't really know much about it. But okay, maybe I'll give you an example. Like last night, I was talking. And there was this example of this person who was calling out her friends for not being active enough um, about speaking up against this whole situation that's happening. Um, And she also called out a friend who... So this friend is Asian and he didn't realize that he always used... um, You know, on Instagram stories, you see that those reaction gifs that people do of different people. And then this guy, this Asian guy always use um, black people as um, reaction gifs. And then the person got called out say, this is like digital blackface. Yeah. And um, so it's the first time I've heard of it and apparently it's a thing. But is that kind of thing needed now more than ever that this one person who will go out and tell you 
calling you out on what you are doing that isn't right, even though you didn't mean any harm. Like, I would think that a person would probably just find this a funny thing and wanted to use this GIF. But maybe in the back of the head, there's this whole digital blackface that's happening, which is, I guess is important to highlight. But this kind of actively calling out your peers and your friends about it. Um, do you guys think it's needed more now? I think uh, this stems from okay. So you're gonna it's gonna go into like the being woke, right, or being overly woke, or being mm. aware of these things, as you say. But what happens is slowly, right? Like 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 I said, even the small like the big things aside. The smaller things are gonna be, that you know where do you draw the line then? So, for things that five years ago would never have been a big deal, now it's like oh, how can you say this thing? How do you, how can you call a trans person dude or something like that? Like people have been banned on Twitter for saying stuff like that. So you have you have like things that are slowly people are claiming that you know this okay that's offensive also this is offensive and and you reach a point where like you're going to be overly cautious about what you're saying and then you it will definitely stifle your expression to some level, you know? And what's going to happen is the pendulum's going to swing the other way and people are going to be saying, screw all that. Like, I don't want to be that all this overly policed and overly PC culture. And you'll swing back the other way saying, and then they'll just be like, I'm just going to say what I, whatever I want. And then they start saying the more con- most controversial things just to get back at the other side. So, so this whole like, cancel culture the whole the whole thing's like oh, you can't say this you can't say that i i guess for the for for big things like in terms of you know using racial slurs and stuff like that and like like stuff that most people would consider racist is one thing but then once you start going into these details where it's it's debatable as to what the tension is then i feel like i well that, then su- then it's such a gray area right you just don't know how where to draw the line and and it's, yeah. and it's dangerous i think i feel it's just gonna cause more people to be upset from the other side who 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 don't see it, who genuinely didn't have bad intentions when they did it, to be labeled as racist. Then you're gonna be like, what? Like, if that makes me racist, then I'm racist. Uh, I don't care. I'm racist. Mm. Yeah. You know, it it loses the meaning. Or it could definitely like suppress someone all the way to like, I just yeah. won't talk about this anymore. Who but defines then that's what all happens, these cultures right? though and words yeah. that you can use and yeah. <laughs> so how do you? <laughs> yeah, who 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 writes this handbook and who polices it? Who I, I think like what you say, right? It's it's always two sides of everything. Like there's like the conservatives and there's the liberals. Right? It's always a split, and yeah. between the spectrum, yeah. there's like to zero to hundred kind of spectrum on both ends actually. So where, yeah, where do you it's draw like, the line? It's like a circle. Like it comes right right back around after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go too mm-hmm. far on one side, and yeah, like you said, if people stop talking about it, then what they're gonna do is they're just gonna go and and not discuss it, and then just vote in silence, and then you know, then you get surprise election winners like silent majority. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think bringing this discussion back to the movie, right? I think what the movie did well was that it managed to show all stereotypes quite equally. Like I think that's. To me, that's the way to do it. La. To actually shine the spotlight on each race and make fun of it as long as you s- make fun of it equally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's what... Is there a director's cut for this movie or not? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think it. so. I mean, if you if you look at the movie, they, they show the boom mic, all these things. Oh I yeah, I saw so cut. many boom mics, man. <laughs> it's, it's quite poorly executed, but it's a 
they tried. It's a, the content. Yeah, tried. Content. The, the, the content was the budget was seven hundred thousand dollars. You know, <laughs> for, a lot for the for movie. <laughs> it was a big budget film. Surprising okay. that the, the for the Singapore mics yeah. were in short. Yeah, it was yeah. a big budget <laughs> film for nineteen ninety six Singapore. And yeah. it made, I think it made like 1.6 million or something 1. like 6, that. 1.6, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so to me, to me, as long as you show all the 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 races and you sort of make fun of them equally, right? I think that's the way to go. Like, even drawing back to my own experience in the army, right? I, did, I didn't say... So I was a, a driver in the army in Takong. And because I grew up in a English speaking school from primary school all the way to secondary and then I went to mass comm like everyone is English speaking right and there aren't many like Malays there aren't many Indians and all that and when I went to Takong right it was really a culture shock because when I opened the I I, I went into the wrong bang la, or no I had to call one of the bangs people down for, for parade and then when I opened the door, right, it was just all Malays, right? And then they look at me, they were like, Siapa ni, ni? Orang China? They asked me to fuck off. <laughs> and, and I thought it was them, no, at that time, right, I even thought it was them funny, I laughed it off. La. Then eventually, right, all these people became my friends, like, and they all come from not my background, you know, it's like different types of uh, backgrounds and, and they all became my, my good friends and you sort of have to earn their respect in a way, in a weird way also. It's like how how you, they will ask questions also that are not ignorant, it's just funny. It's just like, oh, yeah, I thought all orang China, uh, they don't bathe one. You know, this this like funny funny questions. La. It's, it's, it's very weird like how my experience was entirely flipped on his, on his, on his head. Like, I wouldn't say I felt like the minority, but you know, at at those moments, right, it was quite funny to see la. It was it was uh Yeah, I think that part about definitely like um earning the the respect of um other people. You just have to like kind of roll with the the jokes. Yeah. Like like yeah, I used to like we also used to get that like my my guys were like my so in my my section in army I had like there were Malay. Indian, Nepalese, China Chinese, Singapore Chinese, um, and yeah, it's quite interesting. Like there are definitely cliques. No matter how much you mix everyone together, like there there'll still be cliques, racial cliques that that form. Um, and you kind of have to like take it also. Like they would just all speak in Malay, and I just ask them, "Can you speak in English, please?" Or or then you if they don't listen to you then you just kick them that kind of thing, like it's um you I guess in the end you have to earn that that respect and that um right to call them your to call people your friends in a way, like if not you can just stick to yourself and just be who you are and then you won't get this kind of experience of like meeting other people and sharing their experience because there are plenty of people who did that, like there were like people that stuck to themselves, that didn't want to interact with other people. And their their experience is definitely not what a lot of, like their experience wouldn't be my experience of like learning about different cultures, different um, races and everything. It was a good, the good equalizer, the great equalizer. To, to me, right, playing football was, was my way of earning respect, honestly. <laughs> Because, because when you play with them, right, and then they realize like, oh, actually, you you can play 
then you sort of build that bond. So to me, national service wasn't my great equalizer. It was football. Like it was getting to know more people yeah, through yeah, football. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to go about it, but I definitely think the first thing to do is to tackle the problem in your own backyard. Like there's this whole like the government's thing to put migrant worker dorms more in the heartlands. And you can see all the comments on Facebook. They're like, <laughs> oh my God. It's that like section a, is toxic, man. That's a gold mine of, of tox, toxicity. Tox, or, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like, like people are commenting, like, I hope they bathe more. This is not a reflection of Singapore. They shouldn't be so close to us. It's so like... Uh, and def- we definitely it's have to tackle that problem. Almost inhumane, I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's making them think, the other. I think it's... It's a bit ironic that all these people with the loudest voice or like who uh, have no uh, reservations about posting posting online, right? I think they are also the ones that is hardest to get through in terms of matters like this also to cover these issues. Like it, mm. it's like talking to a wall sometimes. Like how do we get through that? Barrier? I think because it affects them the least. Like, like the problems of these, like let's say foreign workers, whether they live or die doesn't affect them at all. Like these like people of privilege, these people who don't don't care because Yeah, it just doesn't affect them at all, even though it does affect them, like like it affects the the foundations of this country also, the things that are being built. And I think a lot of people are just very blind to that. I think it's just about seeing yourself as being better than a certain group of people, which is like I mean fundamentally if we we all agree that everyone, regardless where they're from, is the same, which is funny that we have to even say right that's what that's that's some that's part of what the black life matter movement is saying right it's like why do we even need to say these things that all of us are the same but we need to say these things because everywhere in the world this happens and even in, even in singapore where we can say we integrate we you know it's all about integration and stuff like that but then once we talk about foreign workers oh like they are they but not the foreign workers right it's not they are not singaporeans so therefore they are not entitled to being treated the same way the same ways that as we should be treat as we treat each other, which is super hypocritical. But as what Amiro said, right, you have to understand that these are also the people that post on Facebook and and write the comments. So we also see that I mean it's said that these comments exist, but how accurate a representation that is of the the voice of the public, I am not too sure also. Because I, I've heard a lot of people maybe not posting on Facebook but when they discuss the foreign workers and discuss like they, they are very uh like I mean it's caring, there's a lot of empathy, there's a lot of, you know, concern for for their well being. So yeah, we have to take those Facebook comments also with a bit of like yeah, these people are bucket of salt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe a minority also. But that that's why it's incumbent on content creators to actually create content that that uh reflects new ideals um that, that's my biggest criticism of um like media corp and and singapore movies that they don't they always resort to 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 easy uh tropes uh the you lowest know, common way of storytelling yeah exactly it's 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 very it's on the owners of of, of directors to actually create new content right that that doesn't Make their characters be defined by their by their color, be, be defined by their the the character traits that their the their race has, mm. like their group of people have, like it's very stupid, like that 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 people still go back to that lah. 
Yeah, and it's like I was listening on on the my run today. Like I was listening to the Okay, let's go with Dikosh. They interviewed Dikosh that podcast. Like his his dream is to be a radio DJ, Dikosh, mm. but they basically told him you are not marketable enough to be one. Like after one year, because of basically of his skin color. And then they, I think they, I don't know if they fired him, but I think, I think they did. So like, like content creators or like even the media gatekeepers here are so afraid and they're so like with the grain, they don't dare to, to do anything new or like challenging, which I think like, like what Nigel said, like now, like I saw a quote somewhere like what, like now is the time for artists and creators to 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 shine to sh- have their art represent the issues that have to be said to say things about issues that a lot of things are not said and i think some content the more independent content creators are in singapore like people like pretty please or um subhas even like um the fakafas or okay let's go people like they are minorities in Singapore and they are kind of like the voices that we have now which is definitely what we need to highlight conversations and issues that are happening and I'm glad that's happening with some of these creators but I think the the biggest the largest content creator in Singapore is not doing its job of like um, talking about issues or representing minorities the fact that they still have blackface in some of their... Uh, that they have all these controversies <laughs> about blackface, right? Shows you how forward-thinking they are. Yeah, like how they, can that they happen? Have to <laughs> understand the amount of power that they have, you know? When they, when they say, oh, you know, Dikosh, you're not going to be marketable. But by normalizing certain things, you, do, you, you, you start a new trend and make certain people marketable. And they do have the power to do that. It's about, it's about normalizing things, right? About normalizing a minority person in a... In a in a main role or just you know not not feeling that the show is there because or not feeling that the character is there just because to tick a box and say that like, I'm representing a certain race if you if you see a, a Chinese main character you don't I mean right now if you see a Malay or Indian main character in on a on a primetime TV show maybe you ask may, maybe I'm not sure but maybe you do ask yourself like oh is that are they doing this to take a box? Are they doing this to, 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 to make a point? But if it's done enough, right? And if it's done regularly with a good mix of things, it becomes normal until people stop questioning it. And it's, about, it's also about the churning out of the content, right? It's if content creators keep making stuff like this until it reaches a point where you don't even think about the race, right? I think that's like, that's ideally what I, I like to see. La, but I think it's still going to be a lot of checking boxes. Yeah, we haven't even touched into our boys to men, which basically <laughs> copied all the stereotypes without giving any more conversation and be giving any more depth to the conversation. But that's for a whole other episode where we will <laughs> we will shit yeah. on this fucking stupid movie. Movies. Yeah, this set of movies. Uh, Are there like four or five versions now? <laughs> there is part. Uh, there are four parts now. Uh, for yeah, four movies. I, watch part four. I think there's like a which one was it? The Frogman one, like the whole movie was a dream. No, was it like I think it's Frogman. Uh, that's part four. Oh, like that's like yeah. you can make a movie from a dream sequence. That's like 
<laughs> you can make inceptions on that lah, but not like fucking a voice to me. Oh, it's on Netflix now. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, the main yeah. difference I feel lah. It, it really is because like at least Army Days managed to to shed light and in, they done it satirically whereas our boys to men was just uh, you know yeah here's the stereotype laugh at it and it is done in a very bad taste in my opinion I, I just think it's about normalizing that's that's the that's the thing normalize like gay characters normalize minority characters until a point where we don't really have to think about but you know when I say don't have to think about it, right? You still have. I mean, when, while making a show, that's something you have to think about. Like if you look at Netflix now and some of the their hit shows like Sex Education, uh, the characters in Sex Education are like so diverse, so diverse to a point where it has to be thought of, it, like you know, um, yep. strategically, where they make they they really try to represent a wide range of people. Although they don't they don't make they don't make that the defining. Uh, thing about their character so yep. regardless of their yep. sexual orientation or their race it's represented but they're doing normal things they're doing things that everyone does yeah that's what yeah. that's what that's what I feel needs to be needs like, to happen here um, Eric yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I think I think he's a very good character they did him well and the, and the jock who is gay also I, I can't remember his name Adam Adam yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that was a good yeah that's a good um, storyline yeah. also yeah yeah I yeah. feel like, I feel like uh yeah Singapore movies in general is still stuck in that sense where we we just don't have multi-dimensional characters yet mm. in in a lot of mainstream movies. Should we should we try that um the thing we talked about yesterday about each one has our own um segment. You need to give us time to think about it first, right? We will no, it's fun, it's it fun to it's episode. fun to do it just on the spot. This is like a trial. A trailer for oh, the next shit. time we actually do it. Amir, why don't you give us your your bread stocks? Your pick your, of the week. Pick of the week. Um. So for <laughs> this week, I had I ventured into a different bakery or rather like home based baker. Damn. And I tried this this baker called Wisdom. So shout Ooh. out to Wisdom for making really amazing, um, tarty brownies. I never really have had it before, and I also opened my eyes to kombucha juice. Kombucha juice. Yeah. What's the difference so between like, kombucha and kombucha juice? I no wait. Ha, hold on. Hold up. Is that a difference? I don't know. I thought it was called kombucha juice. All the, all I thought the you, you squeeze kombucha, then whatever comes out is kombucha juice. <laughs> no, no. I, I guess it's kombucha then. Yeah. Okay. So I had kombucha tea instead of kombucha uh, juice. Nice. So how was? What do you get from wisdom? So uh. I think for every home-based bakers, they just package everything together now. So you can't really dissect and choose like which brownie or cookie do you want to taste. Mm. So I think um, they gave a wide variety of like really um, tarty flavored brownies from cookies. Sorry, not from... from uh, shit, what's that orange color fruit called? Orange. Orange. Not, not orange. Papaya. <laughs> Mango. <laughs> no, it's, it's tangy. It's tangerine. Tangerines. Uh, <laughs> Dude, no, it's orange, Satsuma. orange, Satsuma. no, it's not Mandarin orange, Pomelo. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Pomelo. It's green. Oh shit! Wrong fruit then. <laughs> grapefruit. I think it's grapefruit. Oh okay. yeah, grapefruit. Yeah. Yeah, it's grapefruit. Yeah. So it was quite an interesting mix. Um, to 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 try different like flavored, uh, brownies other than your classic flavors one. So yeah, wisdom. Check was them there, out. Was there any bad Ooh, things about wisdom. it? Yeah, so it sells out in two minutes. So f- fuck you, what? internet <laughs> uh, keywords. So, 
So in the end, is it a sour dope or sour nope? Sour dope. I was still it's still worth the the gamble sour for the two dope. minutes. Yeah, I nice, I had nice, my nice. sour dope last night. Uh, from Mother Doe. So shout out to Mother Doe, which I think is really very popular. So yeah. <laughs> actually, Vin, right? I know what you can do. You should you should try different things, right? Like let's say you try your favorite McDonald's breakfast, right? And then you should do the ASMR shit while you're eating, and then you know. <laughs> Uh, narrate just, your just put things in your mouth I, f- I yeah. feel that will that will lose us uh, all of our two viewers and listeners no, we, <laughs> or, or gain us two more man. <laughs> okay the next time I order McDonald's I will film myself eating it with the mic on <laughs> and then I'll cut it out in the edit after that <laughs> are we done? no Nigel we're waiting for you to shit on something oh <laughs> fuck okay so so since we are in in the face of running for our lives, right? <laughs> so I've been I've been running, trying new routes and everything, right? One thing I want to shit on, right, is that okay, when you're walking, right, in a pavement, normally if you're walking this way, you are, you always stick to your left, right? I mean, I think that's a common sense la. Like driving, yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. a it's an unspoken rule that you just have to stay left when you're walking. Right? Same it's thing. It's unspoken. Running. Actually yeah, I the didn't government know that. is telling I- Tells you to stay on the left side if you're not moving fast on your escalator up or escalator. Yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's not so a subconscious thing. Yeah. yeah, running paths is should you should stay on the left. You're slower, right? I want to shit on people who are slow, and run on the right. Yeah, so fucking annoying. Oh my god. And then and then you don't you don't really want to like shout at them or like you know you scared you spit and all that. Mm. Especially in this time, right? It's very dangerous. So you, you politely like <clears throat> you know and then they were like oh sorry or sometimes they don't even say sorry you know and they just expect <laughs> you to run around them but then because they are running so slow and then there's like oncoming people running uh, from the other direction right so you just gotta like you know maneuver your way so those people right just please stick to your fucking left okay don't take up the whole fucking pavement it's not your fucking grandfather road Please. Yeah, that, that's please my rant. Uh, yeah, that's say, my say sh- please. daily shit on. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> now, you know what? After I go and run after this, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to see <laughs> other people standing on the right. I'll be like... Yeah, but, it, but it's really it's something that... It's a glass moment. It's really something that I also noticed. Like, all those fuckers that, that like to just get in my way. They don't know how to move. They don't know left or right. And uh, everyone's trying to just stop you to... from your 10k, but you push them aside. Yeah, like, man, no. I have a, yeah, I have a timing you to me. blazing past everything. So I just like try you know and squeeze past them. You should say, I'm trying to run 430! <laughs> While you're running past them. <laughs> just keep shouting your pace so that people know. And <laughs> hey, YJ, we should follow you like Olymp- Olympic pace uh, setters, right? Like Vin and Nigel and I, we can like run ahead first and we clear the path for you so that you have yeah. uh, a space to <laughs> set your record. <laughs> That concludes our discussion about Army Days, a very iconic film that was, uh, you know, it came out in 1996. Yes, 1996. And uh, it's a timeless classic. We will recommend it, you know, if you want a good laugh. And yeah, uh, watch that instead of Our Boys to Men, please. And uh, thank you. And we'll see you next week. Where, where can they find us? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can find... Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. You can find us on... P-U-C-K-I-S-H podcast, right? On which platform? On our Instagram, YouTube, 
Spotify, Apple, uh, podcast. Not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Oh, no, yeah, no, you're fucked. They haven't approved yet. <laughs> Apparently, they, they have <laughs> someone sitting there. Cut. Someone sits there to go through all the podcasts they have submitted. Oh, really? Ooh, listen and listen to the whole thing. thing. Yeah. And then we'll see whether wow. it's approved. That's amazing. Ooh, for, for Apple. We're going to get cancelled. What a job. <laughs> no, man, there's there's so much worse ones out there. <laughs> okay, okay. But yeah, Spotify, we're we on Spotify. So that, that looks yeah, good. Importantly, we are on Spotify. This is our third episode, right? Yes, and so we'll we will start reviewing one. more. Yeah, look out for the next one. We'll be reviewing more movies. We'll be talking about more issues. We'll be talking about sports. We'll be talking about uh improving ourselves even more. Uh, hopefully, you can join us on this journey. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye. Peace. Peace. Bye. If you like the content and want to hear more from us. Don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred podcast app. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Puckish Podcast. P-U-C-K-I-S-H.